Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Hello and welcome to episode number 49 of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm going to be talking about a number of different things that are really on my mind during this coronavirus pandemic. I'm recording this on Thursday, May 14th, 2020. And for many of us, we've been under some kind of lockdown or restricted movement situation for over two months now. And I remember at the beginning in March, which seems like forever ago, but it also seems like yesterday, I did a video, I did a Facebook live video about how important it was for us to stay home and flatten the curve and how you know, this, this pandemic was coming to Canada and how it would change our lives and in a dramatic way. And I got some flat for that video. I just remember people saying like, you know, it's not going to come here. Why are you so worried? Um, you know, this isn't going to affect us. And of course we all know now two months in that it has, you know, when we, it was announced that uh, the schools would be closed for two weeks after the March break, again, I kept saying to myself, it's not going to reopen in two weeks. And, you know, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I like to look on the bright side of things. <laughs> the podcast is called Wake Up With Gratitude. I focus on gratitude every day. But having studied epidemiology just as an interesting hobby and something that's always fascinated me, I had this sense that things were really going to change. And even though I knew it was coming, it doesn't really feel the way that I thought that it would. And it's been definitely more difficult in some ways than I ever imagined that it would be to live through a global pandemic. And I mean, we're just living through the very beginning of it. You know, we're two months in here in North America. This isn't going to go away uh, anytime soon, we really are talking about a complete change in the way that we live our lives. And what I want to address in this podcast is I'm going to talk about some of the things that you know we have to maybe start to address now because we're in this phase of really changing the way that we live and why it's so important to take steps to maybe move forward or make some changes. Here's what I will promise you. I'm not going to talk about the new normal. If I never hear those words said again, it will be long enough. Uh, There is nothing normal about what we are going through. And even before this happened, the word normal was something I really didn't quite align with anyway, because what is normal? I mean, we're all individual human beings having our own experience here on the planet at this time. And my experience is going to be different from yours, no matter what. We could be living through exactly the same circumstance, which we are right now, 
and everybody is going to experience it in a different way. And so this concept of normal doesn't actually make sense outside of any circumstances like a pandemic, but saying that we're in a a new type of normal, it's just, it's so uncomfortable and it's just not true. We aren't in any kind of normal circumstance. We've never been through this before. So we're all finding different ways to navigate how to get through this time. Another thing I promise that I will not mention, I will be very careful about my words, is to mention the word pivot. So when this first started as a business owner, of course, the first things we heard were you need to pivot in your business right now in order to stay in business. And granted, there are many, many businesses who who adopted that word and really did change the way that they did business. But I want to talk about what we're going to do right now today in the present while at the same time thinking about the future. So I'm going to go in a lot of different directions in this podcast, but there's a lot I think that we can address right now to really start to take steps to build a life during this time instead of pausing and waiting. I think that's been the hardest part is this waiting for governments to reopen things, waiting for governments to make different decisions and this lack of control that we feel. So by the time we get through this podcast, I hope that some of the things I've shared will help you to find ways to gain back control. I'd like to start with a story first, and this is the story of how I, my business name became Wake Up With Gratitude. I shared in a previous podcast what happened when I experienced my first miscarriage, and I kind of went through that story in detail because I wanted people to have a resource to listen to because when you go through a miscarriage, you feel very alone. You feel like no one understands you. It's incredibly traumatic. And again, my experience is very different from what others may experience, but I wanted to share that story so that if that's something that you want to check out, it's back at episode 18. But I had actually a second miscarriage uh, about a year and a half later. I was pregnant for the third time And this time, of course, having been through a miscarriage once, I was really cautious and cautiously optimistic, but I was definitely a bit nervous about what would happen. Uh, If you don't know my story, I do have one daughter. She is amazing. Uh, She's nine years old. She's a fantastic girl. We homeschool. We did that before all of this happened. So we were already doing unschooling. We spend a lot of time together and I feel extremely blessed to have one child. It's just perfect for our family. But of course, getting pregnant for a third time, I, you know, we were excited to think that we could finally, you know, we were going to grow our family, have a second child, really changed a lot of our plans, but we were embracing this change for our family. And I mean, you already know how the story ends, of course. I still am the mother of one child. So at 12 weeks, I started experiencing symptoms of a miscarriage again. And because I'd been through it before, at least this time, I kind of knew what to do. So I 
you know, quickly called my midwives and they told me to go, you know, to see the OBGYN at the hospital. And I did. And I um, opted to do the DNC surgery because of what I'd been through the first time, which was a traumatic miscarriage at home where I basically gave birth at home at 15 weeks gestation. So I knew that I didn't want to go through that trauma again. So I said, yep, let's just do the surgery. You know, let's just take care of everything. And then I kind of knew what it would be like to recover. So I was like, I can handle this. It's fine. And of course that's not at all what happened, but, um, Basically, after the surgery, I was sent home and ended up back in the hospital the next day with very high fever and excruciating pain. Spent the day in the hospital. They sent me home again, and I went back for a third day and was very, very, very sick and was finally admitted to the hospital. They had not taken a swab the first time I'd gone back, but when they took a swab the second time, it took 48 hours to figure out what I had. I ended up with something called invasive group A strep, which is a very serious bacterial infection. And it's very life-threatening. Most people that present to the hospital with this are already too late to save. I, there are many factors that led to me surviving this. Um, one of the big ones was that we have a very good friend who is an emergency room physician and we had consulted with him on the phone on the second day when I went back to the hospital, he said, you need to get to the hospital right away. Something is really wrong. And so that 24 hours, you know, early basically is what allowed me to survive. And I was so sick. I was just so unwell. Um, you know, we, it's hard for me sometimes to read the stories of people that are, are going through COVID-19 because I know what it feels like to have difficulty breathing and low oxygen levels. Um, cause that's what was happening. My body was going into septic shock from the infection. And I was just so sick that I was begging to be put into a medically induced coma. And so that's what they did. And what that means is I was put on a ventilator. I was intubated and put on a ventilator. And that saved my life uh, along with a um, very um, very potent um, antibiotic cocktail, which had to be done in two separate, two separate antibiotics, two different doses in order for me to survive. And I did. And I spent a week in a medically induced coma on a ventilator. And, um, you know, I was in the ICU and thankfully my husband was able to be there with me every day and we could have one friend visit at a time. So, you know, people got to come and see me. And at some point we didn't know if I was going to make it. So friends did get to come and say, what they needed to say, even though I, I don't remember, of course, I was asleep, but they had that opportunity. And after a week, uh, I was well enough to be extubated. So that means, you know, taken off the ventilator. And going through that experience of surviving a life-threatening bacterial infection, being in a medically induced coma for a week, uh, being on a ventilator, it's 
it really changes your perspective on the value of a day. And there was definitely possibly medical malpractice with what happened, but I chose not to do anything about it because I just said, like, do I want to continue to relive this for the next two to five years? Or do I want to just be able to move forward with gratitude and know that I am so incredibly grateful to be alive? You know, getting out of the hospital, I I actually was able to, I willed myself to be able to walk within uh, a couple of days with a walker so that I could get out of the hospital. There's a lot, I think, that's not being said about how it feels when you have been on a ventilator and in any kind of medically induced coma is that your body just uh, loses an incredible amount of muscle mass. Uh, I have clear memories of trying to get water in to drink. And if the table beside my bed was too far away, I, I couldn't reach it. So I would, you know, I'd have to find the button, which if the button for the nurse fell. And I mean, I'm in the ICU, so they're pretty busy. (laughs) And so I would, you know, I couldn't find the button and then I'd be trying to get them to move the table closer. But then if the cup was too far, I I couldn't reach the cup to my lips, a styrofoam cup with water and ice and a straw. I just couldn't get it to my lips. And it was, it took me some time to really get my strength back after being discharged from the hospital. It takes a lot out of you being in that situation. So, but I decided to move forward with gratitude and that has sort of been the underlying theme in my life since that time. That was in uh, November, December of 2014. Uh, I, you know, wake up with gratitude was born as a, as a business and a brand in, in early 2017. So it wasn't right away that it came from that experience, but that's where it came from. So why am I sharing this story with you today? Well, one of the things that I really want us to think about right now is that for many of us, everything has changed and that's kind of what it was like after what I went through. I had this real understanding of how precious life is. We all say that we know how precious life is, but of course, it often takes a very scary and frightening situation to really understand the value of every single day and the value of our lives and how important, you know, every the gift of every day is. And right now, Many of us are sitting on pause and just waiting and waiting to see what's going to happen and waiting and suffering uh, with a lack of control and an inability to find joy in just having another day. So what I want to suggest right now, what I want to talk about right now is little ways that we can focus on our present and help us to take a little bit of action every day to move forward. And I'm going to share some actual real ideas with you as well. 
Okay. So let's talk about you first. So just, I just want you to think about you, just yourself, put your hands on your heart, you know, remind yourself that you have a beating heart. And I want you to think about what can I do today for me? So what can, what is in my control today for me? What can I do that brings me some joy? A lot of the things that have brought us joy in the past might have been spending time with friends or going out shopping or being entertained or traveling, right? A lot of these sources of joy, these external sources of joy are not available for us right now. So we're going to look at ways for joy right where we are, right in the present, in this moment, what is it that possibly brings us joy? That might be something as simple as a freshly brewed cup of coffee. There's this trend right now, I think it's called uh, Dalgona coffee. I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right. I'm not a coffee drinker. But my friend uh, posted a photo of you know this coffee she made for her and her husband, this special coffee. And you could tell that there was so much joy and just love in these little cups of coffee that they made and how much it really gave them something fun to look at and something fun to drink and something fun to do together. So I'm inviting you to take a really close look at what in your life, just you, I don't want you to think about your family right now or your friends. I want you to think about you, just yourself. And how can I take care of me? How can I express self-love and how can I find moments of joy in my day and moments of joy that do not come from external sources, moments of joy that come from me. And I mean a little, yeah, a coffee might seem like an external source, but if you're making it and putting that time into it, you know, putting a little bit of artistic flair into it, that's, that's something you're doing. For me, one of the biggest sources of joy for personal joy, just for me, is heading to the beach and taking photos. And if I can't get to the beach or if it's pouring rain, I'll just walk around my neighborhood and take photos. It is, it has really become a very important source of joy for me. And that's what I'm encouraging you to find because many of the ways that we found joy in our lives before just are not going to be available for some time. So what is it? It might be music. You know, perhaps you are a musician or you love to sing or that guitar is gathering dust in the corner and maybe you'll find joy just picking up the guitar again and playing it. So that's step one is finding joy in the present for yourself every day, a small moment of joy. Then I want us to think about our immediate circle. So many of us have been sheltered up in place or at home with our immediate family. Many of us have been blessed for that. There are families that are apart and don't have that blessing, but 
Many of us are also with our immediate family. And I want you to think about what your family unit is. And that actually might be uh, a friend. Um, For those that are alone, perhaps your family unit is maybe a close friend. So I want you to just think about that those few people that you've been spending the most time with right now. And then think about ways that you can find joy in that small group. So that might be playing games together as a family or spending time outside, maybe gardening together, going on a walk or a hike or a bike ride. What are the things that bring brings you joy as a small family unit? We are going to be spending more and more time in smaller family units or circle units for probably some time. So in, it is it can be extremely frustrating uh, to be with the same people all of the time. And there are definitely those um, that are in dangerous situations with those that they live with. And if that's you, I really encourage you to get help. I know that here in Canada, uh, there has been a lot of focus on making sure that those that need to escape a dangerous situation um, in in the domestic environment have somewhere to go. So if that is you, I encourage you to still find joy for yourself, but to get out of your situation as quickly as possible and, and please be safe. So for the rest of us, so we have this family unit, this very small group, and that's kind of the next step is, you know, we, we're now in many countries in a place where we can expand our circle maybe by one family uh, or one, you know, extended family as well. So we're, we're being asked to still keep our circle small and um, keep our distance, but we're able to kind of meet up with more people. So then again, if you're, if we have these small moments of joy with these small groups, then I think that will really help us to define how we are getting through our days. You know, my sister has created a beautiful ritual with friends from her neighborhood. Uh, She and a few girlfriends have been meeting on Sunday mornings in the park with their coffee Uh, They have folding chairs. There's three of them. They're far apart and they just sit and chat. And I look at that as an incredible gift from this situation because there's no way with the incredible amount of things that were going on in all these amazing working moms' lives that they would have been able to sit together on a Sunday morning for an hour. That just didn't happen before. So that is one small way that these ladies are finding joy uh, during this time. So having been through now two months of this way of living, you know, this endless feeling of always being on a Zoom meeting and connecting with video chat, which is very, very tiring for so many of us, you know, we have to really start thinking about what does the future look like? I want us to, so start, like I said, starting with joy first. And then once you are able to find joy and gratitude in your day, those small moments of joy and gratitude, then it becomes easier to kind of move forward and figure out, okay, well, what does it look like for me 
you know, for the next 90 days, six months, what is my vision? You know, I, I did a lot of, I love doing vision boards. I actually did one earlier this year. You know, my, I do like a one year vision board usually. And, uh, even that interestingly, a lot of my vision board has not changed. Of course, all the travel bits are definitely not going to happen in this year, but a lot of the other stuff about building my tribe and focusing on gratitude and sharing my message with more people, that stuff is definitely still happening and still available. So it's important for us to check back in and start to have a vision. You know, two months is a long pause. And now where do we go from here? Perhaps uh, the business that you had, the job that you have, those are not coming back, at least not the way that they were before. So what do we do to start looking at different ways to live for today and for the foreseeable future? I really encourage you to spend some time finding what your gifts are. This sounds very cliche. However, there really has never been a better time to allow yourself to explore your gifts. Now, this isn't going to be the same for everyone. There are definitely those that are working, still working full-time jobs, that are outside of the home, that are working in high-risk situations. However, for many of us, we have different gaps in our days that didn't exist before. Your children aren't going to after-school sports anymore. We're not driving to competitions every weekend. We're not going to birthday parties all the time. And yes, there is going to be, you know, I did a a podcast with Jillian Gertzen on um, having a healthy body image during the COVID-19 and we talked during COVID-19 and we talked about how our bodies have these elevated cortisol levels that are making it harder for us to have the mental focus we want, to have the sleep we want. And so now I really encourage us to start addressing that and to start looking at ways to manage stress because our stress was there before. It just was showing up in different ways. We had a mental health crisis before this happened and now it's just naked and exposed because there's nowhere for us to hide anymore. So all of these things that I'm talking about, it's really to help us to manage the stress of the situation and also create a daily life that we feel we have so much more control over. Okay, so what are we going to do? Well, we're going to spend some time, whether it be journaling or um, reading or going for walks in nature. We're going to give ourselves space and time, meditation. I mean, this is what this whole podcast started at was 30 days of self-love was ways to take care of yourself. So we're going to really find a way, just a small way every day to invest a little bit of time in self-love and self-care in order to start thinking about what we're going to create for this different time that we are living in. That is critical. The other thing that I really want us to think about, and I did a whole podcast on this with my husband, is about building our communities online. It will be a very long time before we will be able to attend 
conferences and conventions and even networking. Business networking is, you know, one of the things that is unfortunately um, one of the leading ways to spread this virus. So a lot of the ways that some of us built businesses in the past or even stayed connected with our communities are just gone for the foreseeable future. So this whole concept of building a community online, not only does it allow you to grow your circle of people that you can spend time with and that maybe together you find joy. Um, This is also another way to nurture your gifts, right? Finding those communities online of people that have similar gifts to you and are trying to grow and nourish them. Oh my goodness. I mean, there's never been a better time to start a niche online business. That's for sure. And I do really recommend going back and listening to the entire podcast that my husband and I did. That's just a couple podcasts ago. Uh, But I want us to really think about how powerful an online community can be. So for example, uh, last night, my husband uh, was streaming on Twitch. That's what he does. He's a video game streamer on Twitch. He plays a game called Borderlands 3 and he plays online and people watch him play. And sometimes he plays with, you know, people that are in his wolf pack. That's what he calls his tribe of people. Um, And last night they had a celebration. They celebrated because uh, my husband, Dan, Psychotic Wolf, hit a really exciting milestone in his um, in his stream. He hit uh, 1,500 followers. So followers, uh, kind of like uh, you know, group likes on Facebook or whatever, they don't cost anything to do. But getting to 1,500 followers in you know your first three months of streaming is pretty exciting. I mean, it's exciting anytime you reach that goal, but for to do it in, in such a short time is pretty amazing. And I happened to be listening and, you know, listening and watching when this happened and to see the community come together for my husband uh, to celebrate him. It was absolutely unbelievable. It was so amazing. And so if you're feeling like you lack community right now, Creating an online community can really, really be so incredibly powerful. You know, Dan has not met any of these people IRL. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Our one friend, I think we have a couple friends now who he knows in real life that are watching. But in general, of those 1,500 people, you know, he has not met any of them outside of even chatting on a video game. Some of them he's never spoke to. They just show up in the chat and they type things. But this community is just incredibly supportive and so passionate and so helpful. And it is absolutely beautiful. So if you're really feeling like you don't know where to turn, you don't know how to move forward, you don't know where to grow, I just cannot emphasize enough the value and the benefit of building an online community or joining an online community. And that goes back to finding your gifts, leaning into your passions, the things that you love to do, find those people. And the more niche, honestly, the better, because then you can really talk about your passions in detail and people are going to enjoy it and not get bored of it. Um, I have a, a secret love for Survivor. I've been watching that show since it started 20 years ago. And I really enjoy um, getting involved in the online communities around Survivor. I love 
you know, following along what's going on in that community and just being part of a, a community where people are as passionate and as excited about this show as I am. And it's fun, you know, to just be part of communities where everyone is, is, has similar goals. And of course, as long as it's positive and uplifting and not toxic, if you're on, if you're part of any online communities that are toxic, that has to stop. That is really detrimental to your health in so many ways. So there's a lot in this podcast and I just really encourage you to let go of all of the, the memes and the, the pressure and the, you know, ways that we're being controlled in so many ways. And I want you to go back and focus on the stuff that you can do and how you can find joy for yourself. And you can then find joy with your family unit. And then you can find joy with your community at large, which might actually be through a virtual community online. Thank you for your time. Again, every time you listen to podcast, it means the world to me when you share that you've listened to it and it's made a difference. I really thank you for that. Um, this is just me. I'm, I'm here standing in front of a microphone sharing my thoughts and my stories. And if it's made a difference for you, that's amazing. I really am so grateful for this incredible community that we built. I'm grateful for all of you that have reached out, that have met me through the podcast, which is so wonderful. And I'm looking for ways I'll keep growing and building this community the best that I can. So thanks everyone. And I hope that you are finding joy in your life today. You did it. You listened to the end of the podcast. Yay. Thanks so much for sticking around. It would mean the world to me if you decided to follow this podcast and download new episodes. Who doesn't want more gratitude when they're listening to their podcast? Has this podcast made a difference for you in your life? Could you do me a little favor? I would love it if you would stop by on your favorite app and just leave me a review. It would mean so much if you would take those 30 to 90 seconds and share with us why this podcast made a difference for you. Don't forget, you can always reach out to me on social media. I can be found through Wake Up With Gratitude, through my website. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I've even got an account on TikTok when I like to be silly. I love getting your messages through private message. It means so much to me that this podcast has made a difference in your life. Thanks again for listening today.